So earlier this summer, uh, actually just last month, my family and I were on vacation together. One of the places uh, that we went was the Shenandoah Valley. I'm sure some of you have been there. It is a beautiful part of our commonwealth. There are some wonderful things to do and to see there. Uh, it's very unlike uh, where we are here on the, uh, the eastern side of Virginia. Uh, so I love being around the mountains. And one of the, the things that I really enjoy doing is going into the caverns. Some of you have done that before, gone into some of the caverns. You know, if you have never explored these deep underground caves, it is a lot of fun. You are missing out. I mean, maybe you don't want to go if you're claustrophobic. Somebody did remind me that's why they don't go. Uh, right, Lanning? Um, so it might not be as fun for everybody. But uh, going in, the, in these caverns, you, you see the stalactites and the stalagmites, even though they look the same. I can't remember which is which, but one drops down, one goes up. You know, there are some narrow spaces. I know, I see people over here saying, I know what they are. Uh, there are some larger rooms. They've got colorful lights, but they, you know, they really want, want to help you see uh, the beauty of what we often don't see. Uh, that's, that's under us. And there, there's a, a great moment in uh, e each of those tours where the guide turns off all the lights. Now, you do get a warning. I mean, they tell you that they're going to do this. It's only for about a minute. But they turn off all the lights, and it is pitch black. I mean, total darkness, something that most of us just really don't experience all that often. Total darkness. And, and every time that that moment comes, I'm, I always put my hand right in front of my face and realize I cannot see it. I can't see my kids next to me. I can't see a thing. Now, imagine for a moment if you are deep in one of these caverns and the lights are off and several minutes go by and you call out. And no one answers. And so then you, you reach in your pocket and you pull out your phone and you swipe up and turn on the light. And you shine it around. And, and everyone is gone. You're alone. You look down. There's, there's a note that says someone may or may not be back for you. Yeah. You know, eventually your, your phone, your, the light... The battery goes dead. And you will soon be in complete and total darkness. You are three stories underground. It is damp. It is dark. It is lonely. And you have no idea how long it's going to last. You've been deserted. Darkness. Now, I mean, that is a scary thought if you allow yourself to go very far with it. I may have just discouraged some of you uh, from ever going into the caverns. But if you think about that picture of what it might be like, you begin to get a taste of the experience of the psalmist in Psalm 88. Total darkness and despair. Well, it, it may be hard to believe, but this is actually one of those psalms that's, that's good to come back to uh, from time to time. 
Because that type of darkness is something that some of you have experienced. An intense darkness that maybe not all experience, but we all either know or will know someone that experiences it. And also, this is God's Word. And God's Word brings light and life, even in the dark. And so, Psalm 88, if you're using the Bible under the chair in front of you, you're going to find that on page uh, 494. Let's take a moment, we're going to pray, and then we will uh, enter into this part of God's Word. Well, Lord, as we uh, gather this morning for worship, we do uh, come now to hear from you. Uh, we pray, please open us to your word and your word to us. We ask that you would shine the light of your truth and grace into the dark places of our hearts and lives, that we might live with hope. In you. Amen. And so, Psalm 88. Hear the word of God. A song. A psalm of the sons of Korah. To the choir master. According to Mahalath Leonath. A mascal of Heman the Ezraite. O Lord. God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to shale, near the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me, you have made me a horror to them, repulsive to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call upon you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the departed rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? In the land of destruction? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O oh Lord, I cry to you. In the morning my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth up. I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. 
my companions have become darkness. Darkness has become my only companion. And this is God's word. Well, not surprisingly, Psalm 88 has been called the saddest of all the psalms. In in fact, it is the only psalm that has no explicit statement of confidence in God or hope in the Lord. None. And if you summarize Psalm 88 with with one word, it's no surprise, but that word is darkness. Uh, Literally, in the Hebrew text, the last word is darkness. So a weighty psalm, for sure. I mean, you can feel the weight of it just reading through it. And so as we, as we walk through, uh, take a look at Psalm 88 uh, this morning, what we're going to consider is its breadth, its depth, and its height. Its breadth, the breadth of human brokenness in that all experience pain and suffering at some level. Its depth, the depth of human brokenness experienced in extreme darkness and despair by some. And its height, the height of hope and healing in the face of human brokenness. And so first, breath. The breath of human brokenness in that all experience pain and suffering at some level. Verse 3. My soul is full of troubles. My soul is full of troubles. You know, that is all of us at some point. We all have experienced disappointment, loss, anxiety, fear, worry. You know, I remember being on the phone with a friend and fellow pastor. We were having a great conversation, just catching up about several things. And then in the middle of the conversation, he interrupted and he said, Camper, a baby has just died in our church. I've got to go. Please pray. And he hung up. And I remember just sitting there on the other end. I could just feel the emptiness. A family's unexpected pain and suffering. Just like that, my soul is full of troubles. And you know, the the Bible is honest. The Bible doesn't give us a sanitized version of life. As Dr. Tim Lane notes, that's one of the most refreshing things about the Bible. It's severely honest. When you think about it, the Bible is filled with stories of murder, rape, famine, disease, judgment, depression, conflict, war, betrayal, adultery, theft, corruption, suffocating fear. The, the, The list goes on and on. Now, it is not pleasant reading about these things. But if you think about it, it can be comforting. Because it's encouraging to know that the Bible deals with the world as we know it. That God's Word gets us. Or or rather, that God Himself gets us. That He understands Because you see, there there is never anything that you will experience, nothing so dark and so difficult that God doesn't understand. 
But like the psalmist, are we able to be severely honest with God? Though your experience of darkness may not be as intense as the psalmist, are you able to be truly honest with God when facing dark and difficult situations? Do you question whether or not God welcomes that type of honesty, a severe honesty, how you really feel? Do you think you've got to exhibit an an unwavering faith before God and others? I know I've thought that. Well, another thing. Are we, as the body of Christ, are we a safe place? Are we a refuge for those in the midst of darkness and difficulty? Are we willing to step into the dark places with them? To to stand with them in it, even and especially when we feel helpless? When we don't have the answers, when we can't fix it, and, and really when we shouldn't even be trying to fix it. Well, Psalm 88 is an invitation to honesty. An invitation to a raw, severe honesty because darkness touches all of our lives. Okay, so that, that's just a bit about the breadth of Psalm 88. Let's now go deeper. Let's talk about depth. The depth of human brokenness experienced in extreme darkness and despair. So let me uh, just quickly highlight a a few places from Psalm 88 again. Uh, Verses 4 and 5. I am counted among those who go down to the pit, uh, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. Uh, Verses 8 and 9. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Verse 14. Oh God, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Verse 16. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. Verse 18. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Or darkness has become my only companion. Darkness, desperation, despair. And and I realize that some of you have experienced these depths of pain and suffering. In fact, some of you may be experiencing that right now. Uh, Others of you will at some point. And do you hear the raw honesty of this psalmist? And if you look closely enough and you pay attention, there are accusations against God. A sarcasm, mocking questions, and all in the midst of prayer, all in the midst of crying out to Him. Are we that honest with God? Truly honest with Him about how we're really doing, how we really feel when life is hard. A biblical scholar, Derek Kidner, says this. The very presence of such honest prayer in Scripture is a witness to God's understanding of us. For God knows how we speak 
when we are desperate and truly honest. And God, God is not surprised by anything, including severe honesty. He's not surprised. He can take it. He understands it. And he calls us to come out of hiding, to be honest about our struggles and our sorrows. Now, something else that we see in Psalm 88 is we see that deep darkness can last a very long time. You know, it'd be a mistake to assume that this psalm was written in one sitting. I mean, when you think about some of the the, the great uh, poems or uh, songs, you know, sometimes those come out, somebody sits down and they just write it. But most of the time, that's been worked over for months and sometimes even years. I I was meeting with somebody the other day, and they, they shared a poem with me. And they said, it's still in process. I've been working on it for years, but I'd like to share it with you. So here was something being worked on for years. So it'd be a mistake to, to just think that this, the psalmist sat down and put all this uh, just in an hour or so. It's very likely it could have taken years. I mean, the psalmist expresses pain and sorrow that's lasted for him, that's lasted for decades. You know, verse 15, he, he talks about how this has been going on since his youth. And so deep darkness can last a very long time. I think of my, my good friend, Scott, uh, my best friend from college. I've, I've shared about him uh, with some of you before. Uh, he and I met uh, first semester freshman year, so we have been friends for a long time. And he has given me permission uh, to talk about our friendship and his darkness. Uh, Scott experiences intense, intense seasons of darkness. Uh, he has had at least six major bouts of severe depression, uh, lasting months and months, uh, each of those times being hospitalized for part of it. So like the psalmist here, Scott has experienced deep despair, even unto death. Wondering if God has turned away from him, really wondering, even being convinced that he has been forsaken by God and that he is doomed for hell, eternal damnation. Scott once texted me, Psalm 88, that's exactly how I feel when I'm depressed. It's darkness. Seriously, I could have written this psalm myself. Next to my wife, Heather, Scott has taught me more about the gospel than anyone else. Scott has taught me about God's grace, God's grace and true faith in the midst of being broken people living in a broken world. And what I have seen in Scott and and what I have learned from Psalm 88, it's articulated so well by one commentator. And, and, And I want you to hear this. In fact, I believe this is essential to hear, and not just hear, but to understand. The faith expressed in this psalm cannot be separated from the faith that's expressed in the rest of God's book. And it helps those who sing it and pray it to see that faith can be real 
even when it cannot arrive, it's strong hope after much prayer. Did you hear that? Faith can be real. Even when it cannot arrive, it's strong hope after much prayer. Okay, friends, the Bible affirms here, Psalm 88 affirms that this is real faith in the midst of real life. And as I've journeyed with Scott through these valleys of deep darkness over the years, what I've come to understand and to be more and more convinced of, as one of my seminary professors put it, is that in this broken world, is life as we now understand it and live it and experience it. That health is not the absence of pain and suffering, but a commitment to reality. Health is not the absence of pain and suffering, but a commitment to reality. Both the reality of my brokenness and need and the reality of God's redemptive work in the midst of it. Pain and suffering are very real. And so is God's redemptive work. So that's a glimpse at the depth of Psalm 88. And so now, let's look up. We end with height. The height of hope and healing in the face of human brokenness. Now, again, as I, as I pointed out earlier, Psalm 88 is the only psalm with no explicit statement of confidence in God or hope in, in the Lord. But it's there. It is there. And if we look close enough, we'll see the confidence. We'll see the hope. And the first place to look is the title. That's why I read it to you this morning. So take a look. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a maskil of Haman the Ezraite. Okay, so what do we learn? Well, the author's name is Haman, Haman the Ezraite. And history tells us that Haman was a pioneer and leader of the sons of Korah. The sons of Korah were one of the singing guilds established by King David to lead God's people in worship. And their psalms are viewed by many as some of the richest in the Psalter and even as some of the greatest literature in world history. And so this supposedly God-forsaken author, worship leader of God's people, wrote a psalm of darkness and despair that is used in corporate and private worship of God. God made sure that this psalm ended up in his songbook, in his prayer book for his people, so that it might be sung and prayed as part of honest worship before him. Man, that's good news. In other words, God intends the darkest of human laments to be expressed alongside the brightest of human hope. You see, the mess of human misery is welcome in the place of mysterious, glorious grace. Tim Lane says that there is no psalm that more powerfully communicates, Come, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Come to me as you are, 
with all your doubt and fear, pain and discouragement. Hold before me your shattered hopes and dreams and find redemption and rest when it seems there is none to be found. Don't hesitate because your heart is weak and your mind confused. Don't hesitate because you have questioned my goodness and love. Come. Come as you are, for my sacrifice is for you just as you are. Come as you are, for my sacrifice is for you just as you are. You see, Psalm 88 points us to Jesus. It points us to Jesus because the profound reality for us today is that we can see clearly what was still veiled to the people of God when the Psalms were written. I mean, we can look back. We can look back to the cross and we can see what the cross means, what the cross is all about, what happened, that on the cross Jesus took the consuming darkness of sin upon himself so that it would not ultimately consume us. Jesus took Psalm 88 upon himself so that darkness would not be the last word for us. In the words of another pastor, Jesus took the ultimate darkness of God's wrath. And since he took the abandonment we deserve, we can know that God will never, ever abandon us. He is here with us, even when we can't feel him at all. And then through the cross, on the other side of the cross, through the cross we see the power and beauty of resurrection. Because friends, the day is coming when all in Christ will be raised with Him. When death and darkness will be no more. When life and light will reign supreme. That day is coming. And that day gives us true hope for this day, for today, and tomorrow, and the next day, until Jesus returns. Brothers and sisters, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So cling to Jesus. Cling to Him, even and especially in the dark. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Oh Lord, Lord, we thank You for, for this dark psalm that You would give to us that expresses so clearly, that articulates so well our deepest pain and suffering giving us words that we often can't express in and of ourselves and also a psalm that that shines light into the dark places of our hearts and, and lives and so we pray now Lord that you would fill us with hope this day as we wait for the end of brokenness and as we wait for the fullness of restoration and healing. And even now we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.
please stand. I'm not ready to sing, no. <laughs> 